Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. There's a baseball game on right now. Currently on in the eighth. Texas Tech up 3-0 after two runs scoring there at the bottom of the seventh. You, they just squeaking by. Squeaking by. It was 1-0 up until, what, 10 minutes ago? Just not even that. Uh, yeah. Like three or four minutes ago. Uh, Jace Young got thrown out at, at home. Apparently, that's like the second time that's happened tonight. Yeah, according to Labar, he's actually, he's one for one on the night so far. Three walks. <laughs> Which means he's thrown been- out, thrown out twice at home, once at third and once at second. <laughs> So he's been up to bat four times and has one hit on the evening, but is batting a thousand tonight. That's right. But has been thrown out four times. Has been thrown out all four times. Not scored once he got on base tonight. Um, We've got baseball to talk about. Uh, Quite the turn in terms of expectations versus reality Uh, from this weekend. Going into it, I was not super um, confident. And I guess that lack of confidence kind of reared its ugly head in the first inning on Friday versus TCU. Yes. And then Texas Tech then goes on to say, I'm going to score 26 runs on you the rest of the weekend. Uh, even run ruled them on Sunday, which is a oh. glorious thing to do. In a top run ruled at a top 10 conference opponent, which is beautiful. Let me tell you, well, when we talk about baseball, there's something I'm really salty about after this weekend. Player of the week? No. Rankings. Oh, okay. All right. Well, little teaser there. Uh, I just gave it away, but. <laughs> well, but we don't know why. Um, so, yeah, you can follow us. Keeping up. So we're, we're trying. We're trying to keep up with all of the, the basketball <laughs> news. You sounded so earnest. <laughs> we're trying to keep up with all the basketball. It, every day. Every day the roster is changing, but you want to keep up with us on Twitter. You can do so at 23 personnel and can follow me. Spencer at punts suck at Michael. Sorry. Yeah. At Michael underscore LBK for that man over there. Also Instagram 23 personnel podcast. Holy crap. Jace Young just threw somebody out at first from no, just kidding. That's Cal Conley. Cal Conley threw somebody else out from left field. Ooh, <laughs> So that's spicy. He was in the grass um, way, way back there. Um, I have to remind you all that Texas Tech does have a line of home field apparel. Great to pick up in time for the spring game this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going? Anybody else excited? Anybody super excited? You know, I'm actually most excited about to hear about brisket. Which oh, I've got some great. Yes. I went to we'll a class. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm going to tease it just slightly. I went to a class at Evie Mays this last Saturday morning and I have some tips, some brisket tips. The, the tips. Yes. The, um, just the, the tips. just the tips with Michael. This might be, I don't know the, what we learned might be 30 minutes. We'll see. We'll see how far we get well, into then it. We, we gotta, we gotta go through uh, basketball and baseball really quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's just, yeah, let's roll through that and then we'll get to the, to brisket tips. All right. So if you will remember, one of our newest sponsors of the podcast is Locker Room, live audio only sports talk platform, something we're going to be looking into, possibly hosting some live shows, maybe in the fall. The app is free to download and to use. Talk to me, Michael, other fans, athletes and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, which we almost had one. Um, We're going to do one of those those broadcasts with bro. We're like, we're live on Twitter. We're just like looking at us, but we're watching the game or something. Oh yeah. Can't maybe we could, maybe we could, uh, in, bro to help us out. Can't remember which game that was. Gonna, it may have been for a bowl game. And maybe that's what it was, happen. which that's why we can't remember <laughs> it ever really talking beyond yeah. that. So perfect for those post game breakdowns. Obviously our instant reactions. We, we may be doing that reacting to breaking news, share your own experiences on the app. It's talking to all of you, not just us. Um, locker room is a free audio only social platform, social media platform for sports fans. Join in on the conversation with us and have a chance to be featured on our 23 personal podcast. All you need to do is download the locker room app for free in the iOS app store, Android incoming pre create a profile, link your Twitter and join the group. Follow us. Uh, we'll definitely let you know when we get ours set up. And of course, when we'll be going live. So stay tuned, get locker room, get ready to go with that. In the meantime, it's springtime and it's that time of year again. And all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of major league baseball season. Boy, I nailed that. Bet online has all the betting action in the NBA. The conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, bet online has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup, BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. Let's jump into basketball. Here comes Stevenson. Spins.
right. Basketball. Unfortunately, most of it is a roster updates of players who are leaving. Yeah. I think yeah, we're down the, to the best kind of update. <laughs> we're down to like four, five players at this point. We have five on campus, possibly a six headed our way. Did hear about a commitment tonight, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, since our last recording, Kyler Edwards re re-entered the portal. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Correct. McClung, um... In a way that I feel like he was just trying to to preserve some feelings of Red Raider fans and not not turn into public enemy number two in Lubbock, said uh, he's going to prepare for the NBA draft, but while doing so, we'll be in the portal, <laughs> meaning yeah. he ain't coming back. Right. Um, DJ Shannon announced he's going to prepare for the draft, but will do so without the assistance of an agent agent thank you so he will retain his eligibility in case his draft grades or whatever don't come back as favorable as he had hoped so there's still hope that tj shannon could return and then as of just a couple of days ago vlad golden jamaris burton and tyreek smith all announced their intentions to transfer PD entered the, tr- the portal a few weeks ago, heard uh, this afternoon, this evening that he is headed to TCU. That one hurts. That that hurts a little bit. I, I mean, just overall, I thought there would be some turnover no matter what. These didn't surprise me too much. Uh, Vlad, Vlad didn't even surprise me that much just because of Tech's recent... That's what we do with big guys. Turnover of big guys. We... <laughs> We get them for a year and use up a scholarship spot on them, burn the red shirt, and then toss them into the portal. I don't understand it. Um, but that just seems to be how things go. Tyreek Smith hurt, though. That one. Yeah, I was, I was. I was very hopeful. I knew that there hadn't. He was not at Adam's press conference. There was no nothing official from him. And I was just holding out hope. But that that one probably hurt the most because I've. I don't know. I really like Tyreek Smith. I wanted him to stick around. It's it's partially just that simple. But the other part of me was I'd kind of allowed myself to think of the rest of these guys that have left possibly leaving. And so I wasn't super shocked and I was emotionally prepared, which <laughs> you have to do that these days. Yeah. Of the guys that we just went through, um, like... Shannon is the one like that, that it's going to hurt if he ends up leaving. But the, the thing with that is 
being that he was kind of testing the waters last year for the NBA, like him declaring for the draft or whatever, um, is not a surprise because we know that that's his ultimate goal. He, he's getting closer to doing that, and he's so good this year. Um, but then Tyreek Smith, I was like, oh, that one, that yeah. one stung. I was like, dang, because you, you you could see the potential there. He didn't get a lot of minutes, but when he did, you're like, why isn't he playing more? Well, and we're not, I, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I don't think either of, us, either of us are saying we won't miss the other guys who left. I mean, obviously, we'd love to have everybody have stuck around, I think, at least. Hmm. But, but I mean, just the Smith one hurt. The Smith one hurt yeah. the most just because I didn't know for sure. And he was, he was just, he was my guy. I wanted to, I wanted to see him take a, a big step this season and, and play a lot more minutes. I wanted him to, play a lot more minutes last season. If y'all follow me on Twitter, you probably got sick of it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get sick of it, but I, I, I would love for him to stick around. Um, so yeah, the, the roster as currently constituted includes Clarence and Avery Benson, Kevin McCuller, Chibuzo Agbo and Marcos Santos Silva. Those last three specifically McCuller, Agbo and Santos Silva, I think, going to have to be the nucleus you build around. Like they're going to have to be the leaders of the team going forward. Um, a lot like Smith, but different. Like you saw a lot of re- really good flashes from Agbo. You're like, man, like if we can get him to hang around and continue to develop, he can be really good. His shot is so good. McCuller all around, but especially on defense, really good. Santo Silva. I wish uh, there are a couple areas that he would be better in. But continuity and doing what he does on the on the glass, like you, you, you can't turn that away. Um, in terms of adding to the roster, we heard news Tuesday evening, right now as we're recording, that um last chance you star KJ Allen, formerly committed to USC, committed to Texas Tech tonight. Power forward six six. 225 seems kind of small for a power forward, but what am I, what do I know? Yeah. But that 225 is is solid. Yeah. That that's, that, that's, that's almost questionable to me. It, that might be my eye test was like, Oh, that's, that's, that's two thirty ish in the two thirties. <laughs> Just watching that highlight video I saw today. <laughs> but, um, in terms of size though, knowing what we know from, from Adams and from coach Peary, uh, Cardio, cardiovascular training is going to be important. So big weights may not be the thing. <laughs> you, you may need to get some, some real trim guys in there, but um, yeah. So KJ Allen added to the mix coming to Texas tech um, Adams and crew co looking at a couple other players, uh, including Northern state forward Parker Fox and Dallas Baptist guard Chandler Jacobs. So they're definitely active. Not that we didn't think they would be. It's just, it, it feels kind of rough right now, but I think it's, I think we've reached the end. I, I, I think we've reached the end of, of the guys that are going to be exiting the program. So there's not much left, man. <laughs> that's right. Just got to, just got to move forward. No, this direction. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of coach Adams, his contract, was revealed to be basically 2 million a year for five years. 
which is a little higher than what was initially thought of. I think they were saying between 1.7 and 1.8. Um, and I'm sure it's tiered where like he may start at 1.7 this year and may work up to whatever it would be that would average out to 2 million a year over the five year deal. But happy yeah. for him. That seems in line with what you would expect to pay Adams. Like it didn't feel like, well, like we, we asked him to not take any money here or like we way overpaid. Um, yeah. Like, and then we, we mentioned, uh, Former Portland State head coach Barrett P. Peary was hired as the associate head coach to the number one assistant. Now on campus, officially announced, what was it Tuesday, today from the athletic department? Although I think he mentioned something himself and uh, he's, yeah, been, he's active. been pretty active on Twitter yeah, during sure. the transition. He had a press conference today and he was talking about the style of offense that they're going to play. He said, obviously, we've done, uh, you know, we, we're going to be really good defensively. Because his teams are really good defensively. Adams' teams obviously have really good defensively. But the thing that, that was the little glimmer of excitement is like, Coach Adams wants to have more intention in our movement on offense. And then he said, we want to make teams pay for the mistakes that, that we cause. I was like, yes. That sounds great. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Because like, if you're going to turn over a team 18 times and score 10 points off of it, it's like, well... I guess there's still a defensive plus that you took 18 possessions away from them, but you only turned it into 10 points, whatever. I like to see 18 turnovers and like 24 points. Yeah. There are you know, some foul shots, some 36. transition fouls. Go ahead just, and just two, two every time. Yeah. Just anything like that would be, would be welcome. I, I, I do think that we saw a lot of scoring droughts this last season that were really tough to stomach. A lot of settling for outside jumpers. It sounds like, Adams and Peary are going to take a little bit more aggressive approach with that. I do agree that, uh, you know, as football fans, we know that a fast paced offense will do you no favors if you're not scoring. So obviously that's something to consider in all of this, but I'm sure that the plan will be to get to the bucket and, you know, seeing KJ Allen come in, that looks like, that's going to be a big role of his if he's able to get on the court and play a lot of minutes is probably get to the bucket. I would imagine he's someone sort of like Shannon in in that aspect who can finish at the rim. Um, you know, McCullers pretty good at that too. He sometimes shoots a fadeaway and kind of shies away a little bit, but we haven't seen enough of Agbo. He may be able to be that guy too. Just I just kind of an interesting an interesting difference. Uh, to look forward to when, when they tip off this fall. I just want to see the return of the dunk. Yes. <laughs> Cause I've missed it so much. <laughs> and we mentioned it a lot, especially early on um, that like there, Texas tech specifically TJ Shannon was good for one breakaway. Like he'd steal the ball near half court, run out and dunk. And that was like the one, like, but like he was good, like almost one per game doing that. Um, and there weren't a lot of dunks outside of that. You're like, but what, what is happening? I know. Um, well, Smith, Smith was probably the other one and he saw very limited minutes. <laughs> Played like three minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, but, but going back to your point though, there, there was a little bit of conversation we were having in Slack about, you know, what, what we wanted to see in terms of offensive styles. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to try up, up tempo uh, because what we've seen um, was very meticulous 
it felt meticulous, right? Like you're, we're going to, we're going to move the ball around and we're going to, we're going to try and find or create an open shot based on ball movement. Um, which is, you know, what the, the offense motion offense is built off of, right? It just didn't feel very effective or efficient outside of just taking a lot of time off the clock. Um, so it wasn't getting you good or great shots. You weren't scoring a whole bunch. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them force some turnovers or, um, yeah, I, I think the, the, the concept is rebound to, and run out. Yeah. The concept is going to be, it sounds like to me, the concept will be, they may do a full court press most of the game. They may three quarter press most, you know, most of the game, or, you know, there will be some sort of pressure to bring the ball in. So that'll be a pretty significant change. And then defense is going to remain a priority. And I, I think if you focus on those, that increases your chances to, to stay in games, even if the shots aren't falling. And, and that's basically what tech has been able to do in general. So they may kind of double down on, on that a little bit this year with the press to try to, uh, you know, counter for the fast pace that they may be throwing on the, on the other end. And, I don't know if they're going to go Phoenix Suns where they're eight seconds or less. They've got a shot in the air, but <laughs> that was, that dates me a little bit. That was probably it wasn't that what, long 15 ago, years it? ago now. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Oh, seven, oh, eight. Anyway. So yeah, so that, that's something that we'll to look forward to. Um, it's still kind of rumored to, that we're going to be hearing more about the rest of the staff getting put together, finalized. Steve green is still a name that we're hearing about possibly joining the program from South Plains. Um, but other than that, man, it's, it's been actually pretty quiet on, on who may be coming on as a coach, but also feels like, Hey, we should hear something here pretty soon. So, yeah, I mean, there's gotta be some guys added on. I, I can't just be Adams this. and Peary. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate to say this tonight. Uh, I, I love coach Riley, John Riley, who, who followed beard to Texas and was tech strength conditioning coach here transformed guys excellent coach i hate to admit that i had to unfollow him right before we started recording because he officially updated to the the ut orange and and all that stuff and i had to it wasn't you know it wasn't because i was i'm i'm not mad at him i'm really not i mean i think it's his new job and it's fine sure he handled it he did it he did everything his way but that doesn't mean i have to follow tech the university of texas's strength and conditioning basketball coach no, so right. it just still felt wrong. I felt like I needed to explain it to someone, even though no one knows. <laughs> no one knows who you follow on Twitter, Michael. <laughs> yeah, no. All right. I just had to explain it though. Let's uh, let's jump over and talk some baseball. Left field, well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second.
So quick game update, Michael. Tim Talek yes. is making a pitching change. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> because Andrew Devine has... three nothing. <laughs> he's loaded the bases. Oh. Oh. Now there are two yeah, outs though. That. There are two outs, but tying run is on base. So Andrew Devine taking a seat. All right. So I mentioned the, the top of the episode, a little salty about the rankings. I was, I was updating the, the note today and I was like, let's, let's see where the red Raiders are after this weekend of winning a series against a higher ranked opponent in TCU top 10 matchup. TCU was ranked higher. And would you know what, Michael Texas tech did not move. And ma- the majority no of the rankings, like they didn't move. It was like, we blasted them. <laughs> they, they they can't forget about the other purple team. They they've got a hangover from Manhattan. I mean, I don't know, but like D one baseball is eight, which they were last week. Baseball America is eleven, which they were last week. Na- National College Baseball Writers Association America, whatever it is, is eight. They may have been nine last week. Collegiate baseball is nine. AP baseball coaches poll is seven, uh, which I think is higher. RPI. Here's here's where the true respect came in. Jumped up seven spots, number 14. After defeating a top 10 opponent. Yeah, it was at home. But if you remember of all the of the all of the uh stats and comparisons that we were making last week, like TCU, like they're worthy of that ranking. Like they're they're a really good baseball team. And one of their strengths is really putting pressure on you in the first inning. Like what we saw Friday night, but that's not, that's not unusual for them. They score. I I remember uh, it was Jeff hacks on the radio. I was out at the time the game started was talking about like how many runs TCU has scored this year in the first inning. And it's something ridiculous. Like half of all their runs they score in the first inning, which means they poured on people early and then coast to a victory. And the, all that pressure at, in the opening inning, it's hard to overcome, but dang, no respect. I ain't get no respect. <laughs> Sorry. That was a, t- <laughs> that, that came up really quick. I was like that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have tried. I shouldn't have done that. I don't even know who that was supposed to be, but Rodney Dangerfield is, uh, uh, that's what I thought, but I didn't get no respect. Yeah. All right. Anyways, <laughs> um, other bad news. Oh no. <laughs> Batter just uh, hit down the left field line, bases loaded, and they have tied the game. Oh, my score! I'm I'm looking at the sidearm stat thing. It is taking forever to update. It went from top of the ninth, and it was two outs, and now it's one. I know it's it went backwards. Yeah, I'm not sure what's happening, and no one's on base, and it's still three zero. Come on, come on, sidearm, figure it out, figure it out. Yeah, he hit it down the left field line uh, and took Marshock a minute to get there. So if Texan win this game, it's going to be walk-off, which I'm okay with. Speaking <laughs> of walk-off, hold on, though. I saw, this, I saw this stat. Uh, Texas Tech is 2-0 and in games that go into the 10th inning. <laughs> Their batters are 4-4 four for four with four home runs. <laughs> every hit, every run. I put that together. And the 10th <laughs> inning has been a home run because you got the three against the UConn. The UConn? I'm pretty sure it was that yeah. fourth game against UConn. UConn. Yeah, it was Monday, Monday morning. And then Cal Conley uh, on Saturday comes up 
first or second pitch, and he was a first batter up in the 10th inning on Saturday. He's like, nah, man, we're done with this. Um, Let's go home. Let's go home, boys. So bad news, you know, outside of Texas Tech getting this game tied uh, in the bottom or top of the ninth by SFA. Brandon Bertzel injured his shoulder rotator cuff. And um, what I heard, the timeline could mean he's out for the rest of the season. Oh, look. was that Saturday? Was that during the game Saturday? They pulled him early and no one really knew why. Um, I'd have to go. No, I, I, Birdsell would have been Sunday. Maybe it was Sunday. Okay. Cause Monteverdi pitched on Saturday. Yeah. I just remember that it was everybody because I was kind of drifting in and out. So I, I think I watched part of it on ESPN and then I listened to part of it on the radio and yeah, it was something. everybody was was speculating like I'm not sure, you know, Gustafson was thinking it might be a blister and you know, and Hacks wasn't really sure what was going on. They just were like, well, he's back at the dugout. There was just so much speculation trying to figure it out. Yeah, he went 2 and 2 thirds on Sunday. And okay. Okay. Reekman, Queen, Key and Wells closed it out. Um so yeah, so he so he joins the injured list that are out for the season by other Pitchers with B names, Jacob Brustowski, Austin Becker, and Hunter Dobbins. There it is. There's the B. All four of those guys, well, at least the, the Hunter Dobbins, Brustowski, and Becker out for the season. Birdsell may be out for the rest of the season as well. Other guys that are injured that have missed some time, and you're, you definitely felt it Monday, or not Monday, Friday, uh, and hope they can come back sooner rather than later. Dylan Noisy, even though he did come in and play a little bit there on Sunday, Yep. Uh, and then Drew Baker is still recovering from a um, hamstring injury. So you need those guys back because they are some of your best offensive weapons, you know, outside of Jace Young and Cal Conley. But yeah, Jace Young's pretty good. Jace Young is pretty good. Um, before, before we get into talking about the, or going into depth about the, the weekend series that was, I need to remind you, Michael. That is that time of year again. Mm. All eyes are on pro basketball and the start of the major league baseball season. BetOnline.ag has all your betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. If baseball is your first love, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, championship boxing, BetOnline has it all. I haven't checked, but I'm actually kind of interested to see where Hideki Matsuyama was listed on the Masters list but i know i wish i could have seen all the random masters uh oh what do you call them odds no the oh man such a great read i'm just killing it (laughs) every sport every game every matchup betonline has you covered for all the odds and real time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs betonline is the fastest and easiest way to place and checking on all your favorite sports bets all the time Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with Bet Online. Prop bets. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, there it is. Guys, gals, your outdoor experiences could be better, believe it or not. They could be clearly better. Canon sunglasses. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Canon's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. Those of you with children, can appreciate that with frames handcrafted in Italy. That means they're Italian. 
Canon sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at Canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's CanonCast15, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5, Canon. Clearly better. All right. So we mentioned Texas Tech won the series this weekend versus TCU. However, it got off to a rocky start. Micah Dallas got the start on Friday and gave up. Seemed like a great, everybody was pretty was excited like, yeah, about this. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting, the, getting what we want to see here. We're like he's, he's finally making the move back to the starting rotation. Yes, bring him in. Um, and like, wow, what happened? Dude gave up six runs in the first. All of them earned? Uh, no, maybe, yes, yes. Because all of his runs that weekend were earned. Here's here's the problem, though. Or not really a problem. The first batter, you get out. He he rolls into a, a ground ball. And then he walks batters two and three. And Zach Humphrey, Zach Humphrey's their catcher, hits a single and scores their first walk. So it's one nothing. You got two guys on. Their first baseman rolls a ground ball is out. So it's like... You got two outs. He did get a little sacrifice there. The run does score. So it's two nothing, but you got two outs. Obviously you weren't done. <laughs> no. The DH comes up next. He walks. Um, then their second base, Gray Rogers, which is like, man, I like, I, I, I want to like this name because it's really close to my, my son's name, except he spells Rogers wrong. Comes up with a triple scores, two runs. Center fielder comes up, hits a home run, scores two more runs. Shortstop comes up, hits a double, gets back to the top of the lineup, and he grounds out to third. You face 10 batters in this first inning. Everyone that walked scored. So hmm, probably should stop issuing free walks, free bases there. Um, After that, though, as much as like Dallas may have struggled in that first inning, he then goes on and throws three more innings and gives up two more hits, no runs, walks one, and then strikes out five. So he yeah. settled down pretty nicely. Yes. And then Mason Montgomery, who has been your Sunday starter, comes in in relief and he throws the final five innings of the game. So you go Dallas throws for four. Montgomery goes for five. Montgomery gives up one hit, one run. It's not earned. Walks one, strikes out seven. Jeez. So Montgomery was like, hey, Tylog, maybe, maybe don't take me off the starting line here. Yeah, that was a pretty good little, I, I, that seemed, seemed like Tadlock had something up his sleeve with this little lineup here. Well, let's just see what they do out there. Then Saturday, you come in and you're like, okay, so kind of feel a little settled after everything that happened on Friday. We, you know, you got it over, you got over it, giving up the six runs in the first inning to hold them, you know, to, to close up the game three, one. Um, you don't allow TCU to score in the first inning, which we, we mentioned, uh, especially following Friday night. That's kind of what they do. They score a lot in the first inning. 
they didn't score to the fourth, but they put it four runs on you in the fourth. Um, you end up taking the lead in the bottom of the fourth. You scored one in the first and then four in the fourth. Go 5-4. TCU scores it, ties it in the sixth, 5-5. Five, five. And then you go all the way to the 10th. And we mentioned this earlier. Cal Conley, first batter up, second pitch. It's like, nah, bro, we're done. Um, smokes one into the TCU bullpen to get you Texas Tech to even on the weekend. Um, and four for four and batters in the bottom of the 10th, four home runs. <laughs> Wasn't he one of the, the three against UConn as well? Yes, it was Romback, Conley and Fulford. So he's done this. He's done this twice. He's homered twice, in twice the in the 10th. <laughs> um, off, uh, sorry, defensively outside of the four, four runs in the fourth inning. Uh, you spread out eight hits. Ryan Sublette gets the win here following the start by Monteverdi. He only goes only. I, I say that only because he, he goes usually a little bit longer than this. Five and a third innings, six hits, five runs, four of those earned, three walks, and six strikeouts. Monteverdi has walked like eight guys on the season. Three of them came in the game on Saturday. His ERA is is bumped up to 2.58 so it was 0.75 a couple weeks ago 2.58 still good for eighth in the conference across all of the starting pitchers that i could tell um it's not bad he's faced um kansas state team that's pretty good offensively and tcu's obviously as good offensively as you are he made it through. He didn't get the win here because when he left the game uh, in the sixth, he had just given up that one run. Uh, and so you were tied. Um, Sublet comes in, throws the final four innings, gives up two hits, only two hits, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts. And because he got the win, I'm sure he bought Cal Conley like a Yoo-Hoo or something, something really nice. <laughs> yeah. Picked it up from the, the snack bar. Yeah. Walking out. Um, yeah. and then Sunday you're, you're coming in. You're like, we need, we need this game to win the series, to make a statement, to kind of bounce back. Um, and man, like TCU pitching struggled. They went, they rolled out six guys on Sunday. Their starter, Johnny Ray, only went two and in third innings. Mel Bauer goes two-thirds of an inning. Um, Drew Hill goes one and a third, and then two-thirds, two-thirds, and one-third. Like These guys were only coming in for a couple of bats or a couple of outs, but gave yeah, up 17 runs. It was, it was insane because I, I just thought, man, TCU just has these endless pitchers, most of them left-handed giving everybody fits Friday night tech struck out 17 times. Russell Smith struck out. He had 12 strikeouts on his own Mm -hmm. pitch, seven innings. Incredible. Then Saturday tech struck out 13 times. So, you know, luckily they kind of poured it on late in the game, not poured it on, but they had a good fourth inning. And then of course, Conley came through in the end. TCU only managed eight strikeouts 
of course the game was cut short, which I just absolutely love. <laughs> but uh, I mean, they they definitely hit a wall with their pitching on Sunday, and it was it was rough. I mean, just even watching these guys throw, they they were wild. Some of them were just super wild. Yeah, it was it was really strange how like the depth or just like it, it the quality dropped off drastically. Yeah, yeah the quality dropped off. Um, hey, speaking of our man Cal Conley, he's up to bat right now, bottom of the ninth. Bases oh. loaded, one out. Oh. My scoring app's finally updated. Yeah. Bottom of that. Yeah. Bottom nine, one out. Um, one oh count from what I can see, but who knows if that's right. That's what I have. Now it's one one. He just fouled off. But yeah, Sunday, Tech scored one in the first, two in the third, four in the, sorry, one in the first, two in the second, four in the third, one in the fourth. At that point, you were up eight to one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about the time I turned the game on. Then of course, TCU scores four runs. I'm like, Holy crap. I shouldn't have turned the game on. It was all me. <laughs> eight, right. five, right? The game is eight, five bottom of the fifth. You finally don't score. You hold TCU scoreless top six. And then you send up, uh, let's see how many batters batted in the bottom of the sixth for Texas tech. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You sent twelve batters up. Um, those twelve batters plated nine runs, including again two home runs in the same inning. This time by Jace Young. Um, the first one to do it this year, I think, was uh, Drew Woodcox. We're like, dude, where's this guy been? Um, Jace Young was a first batter of the inning, so he had a solo home run. Um. And then Stillwell walked, Conley singled, Masters walked, Noisy struck out, um, Dylan Carter singled, Parker Kelly walked, Easton Morrell struck out, Braxton Fulford singled, Jace Young homered for three RBIs, Stillwell homered, so back to back there, and then Conley struck out swinging. Conley just won the game. Again. Yep. He singled through the left side. <laughs> oh my gosh. Scored Fulford from third. A walk-off single. Walk-off single. He's always um two games. Two in two games, two times in three games. Uh he's he's had the walk-off hit. Um so yeah, that that sixth inning, my goodness, nine runs. And then you're like, ooh, ooh. We, we can, we can run roll these guys. And then top of the seventh, uh, TCU scores twice to get it within 10 runs. You're like, Oh no, Oh no. Hold them. Don't, don't let them score <laughs> again. On, to make hold you them, bad hold again. Them badgers, hold them. Um, but yeah, you were able to hold them to just two, two runs finished out 17 to seven after seven innings. That's a run rule on a travel day. Get the series victory. It's always nice to run rule somebody, especially if it's a, uh, somebody that's going to be competing for the Big 12 title. Um, you gave TCU their first two conference losses. They fall to seven and two. It brings your conference record up to five and four. Um, and then tonight, like we just mentioned, the game and Stephen F. Austin just wrapped up four to three. Play again tomorrow, weather permitting, because it looks like it may be a little nasty tomorrow. Uh, starting at 1 p.m. 
And then you have a weekend series versus West Virginia. And my, how they have fallen. I did not realize this until I I briefly looked into this before we recorded. (laughs) So they're, they're 12 and 14 on the season, four and five in conference play. So they're, they're not that bad in conference so far. That may be a product of their schedule. I haven't looked a whole lot into what they've, who they've played already. Um, at least offensively, man, like it's not there for, for West Virginia. They, they rank bottom, um, in almost every one of these categories that we've got listed average, their ninth on base percentage, their ninth slugging percentage, their eighth, their ninth in the conference in doubles. They've hit 29 doubles on the year. Texas tech is, is fourth in the conference at 61. They've hit 32 more doubles on the year. It's a pretty um, good gap. They're sixth in the conference in triples. They're just one behind Texas Tech. They are seventh in the conference in home runs at 29. Texas Tech has hit 49. They've scored 146 runs on the the season. Good for ninth in the conference. Texas Tech has scored 242. uh, Outside of tonight, obviously. Um, They're they're ninth in the conference in walks. They've, They've earned 116 walks in Texas Tech's 173. They do strike out fewer times than Texas Tech. They're first in the conference in terms of number of times they've struck out. Struck out 203, whereas Texas Tech is seventh in the conference at 281. And they've stolen one more base in Texas Tech, 35 to Texas Tech's 34. How can their strikeouts be that low and then their on-base percentage be that high? How can they be first? They're just, they're, I guess they're just grounding out a lot. Yeah, I, I guess they just get thrown out at first all the time. I don't, we, I don't know. Contact their their average is two fifty one, whereas Texas Tech is two ninety one on base, three forty nine to four fourteen. Um, they're 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 not. Th- their pitching is better than their offense, but still not great. Uh, they're eighth in the conference in ERA team ERA five sixty five. Uh, Texas Tech is fifth at four fifteen. Opponents batting average, though, they're ninth, 272, which is not good. That's higher than their offensive batting average. Um, Tex Tech's batting average or opposing batting average, what they allow is 233. It's good for third. Texas Tech is first in hits given up to West Virginia's fourth. We've given up uh, 33 fewer runs on the season. Good for almost two fewer runs per game than West Virginia gives up. Um, we walk, we give up fewer walks per game. Uh, West Virginia has played actually a handful of fewer games than Texas tech has strikeouts. Again, this is where it's kind of weird. They strike out their opposing batters more than Texas tech pitchers do at 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings where Texas tech is 9.6. Um, it's fewer total strikeouts. Like I said, they have, they've played fewer games. They've given up fewer home runs. Again, fewer games, 19 to Texas Tech's 24. Fielding percentage last in the conference at 961. So a lot of last places there, there in, is. in both categories. And that's strange because they've been so good the past few years, but like they they just I, I haven't kept up with their roster turnover, but like, man, they must be missing a lot. A lot of guys must have moved on. Um following last season or the season before when they had Manea or whoever, whoever that pitcher was that would go like full games and had really filthy stuff. 
Yes. The game will be in Morgantown, but it will be on ESPN plus big 12. Now, um, as has been basically every game you've played this season, which is great. You can watch like you've only, you've only missed out on a handful of games this season off of ESPN plus. Um, so if you don't have that, it's, if you're a baseball fan, it's worth a five bucks a month for next two months, whatever. Definitely worth it. I think they do a great job because one thing I prefer about streaming as opposed to cable is you don't have to worry about the channel jumping on you. Right. You just find the feed. The, the thing I will gripe about slightly is sometimes it's hard to find Texas Tech versus Stephen F. Austin baseball game on ESPN+. Plus. So we'll, you got to scroll to the right a little bit, but once you get there, <laughs> it's worth it because it'll just pipe in right there. And if it hasn't started yet, it'll it'll wait until it starts as opposed to some of those other streams. If it hasn't started yet, you almost have to restart the app yeah, we'll once the you game on. started. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say though, Michael, there is a search function on ESPN plus you just type in yes. Texas tech. Um, I do that, but that sure is clunky on a, it is, it is Xbox remote. <laughs> and the other thing that I, I don't like is you, you will type in Texas tech. But it'll also pull up TCU, Texas, yes. Texas A&M it was like, I don't care. <laughs> yes. Texas Tech um, volleyball replay from the fall or something. And you're like, nope, not, I'm not watching that right now, guys. I'm the other, looking uh, for, I'm looking for baseball. <laughs> since you mentioned the other great thing about ESPN plus is the on demand. You can go back and watch games that have already aired. I was watching the game on Saturday because we, we were out playing baseball ourselves. I missed most of the game Saturday. I was watching it this afternoon. Um, so yeah, the upcoming weekend series in Morgantown, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, after, you know, having a, a midweek series the first time in like a month, you've got one, you've got a midweek game next week in Amarillo versus Oklahoma. Weird, not on ESPN plus, but ESPN U. So should still be valid with your ESPN plus subscription. Question mark. Uh, Maybe. No, I think that's ESPN plus is separate from ESPN. <sighs> okay. Well, you gotta have to, so you gotta, it's gotta be your cable subscriber. That's will depend right. on whether or not you get ESPN U. And it, sorry guys, we, we're talking about them a lot. We are not sponsored by ESPN. <laughs> no, of course not. And then, so when I was looking at, at some of the stats uh, tonight for the, the comparison with, 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 with West Virginia, Oklahoma is like really, really good offensively and really, really bad defensively. Like they are competing with West Virginia for those, those last spots in terms of defensive rankings in the conference. The thing that gets me though, they have not only the nation's best hitter, sorry, the conference's best hitter. I gave that away. Dang it. <laughs> not only the, the <laughs> conference's best hitter, but the nation's best hitter in terms of, of average. Uh, Tyler Hardman is batting almost 500. And this is not some dude that just comes in. Like he's an everyday starter and he's batting 472 or whatever it is. Like, dang, dude, chill out. That is the appropriate last name for a guy who's batting close to 500. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just interested to see what Tadlock's going to do with the lineup if, or, I mean, I'm not as familiar with OU to know, but it's, it's, I just would expect both of these coaches to kind of just mess around because this is a midweek game against a conference opponent. That is a non-conference game. So I think they're just going to try some weird stuff. 
I and maybe not completely show their hand because they don't, you know, they know they've got them as, in a series, what, a month later. So uh, I'm just, I don't know. That one will be something that's going to be kind of interesting just to see what they do at a neutral site on a Tuesday and see if they just throw out some random pitchers. Yeah, you won't face Oklahoma until May 14th, 15th, and 16th. And Norman, a set of games after all that we just talked about with the ESPN+. Plus. These games will be on Sooner Sports TV. So Boo. unavailable to you. Oh, come on. Blame OU. Boo OU. Um, so following the TCU series, we mentioned you dropped a little bit uh, in terms of your rankings for stats across the country. Uh, we mentioned Monteverdi's eighth in the conference in ERA at 258. His whip dropped a little bit because of those, those base runners he put on. We still less than one per inning at 0.9 opponents batting average still pretty salty 215 through 45 and a third innings pitched um his walks per nine jumped up to 1.2 his strikeouts per nine did also go up to 10.4 and he's still five and one because of the no decision he got on saturday you are ninth in the country in runs sixth in walks earned 11th in on base percentage you dropped the ninth and double place turned because of all of the stolen bases TCU was able to swipe this weekend. Yeah, they uh, got really aggressive with that six run lead. And and it was funny. They were actually they were talking about it. Um, I was going back and forth between the radio feed and the TV feed on the radio with Jamie Lent. He's he was especially early on with the jumps that TCU was getting. He's like, I'm I'm wondering if Micah Dallas is somehow tipping his pitches because the batters aren't swinging and missing a lot when they make contact, they're making good contact. They're driving the ball somewhere. And when they're stealing bases, they're stealing on off speed pitches and get really good jumps. So it's like, mm. I wonder if he's tipping his pitches. And of course you can't really know that for yeah, sure. Who knows? They come yeah. out and say, Oh, Hey, by the way, which is something you would do after the game. Like, um, Charlie strong a few years ago saying, Hey, by the way, your defense according to was giving away your, your calls. Thought you should know, like, should know. <laughs> after we defeated you using those calls. And then you're fifth in the country in home runs. Jace Young tied for first in the conference and in the country with 15. Which I think your home run leader in years past has hit like 19 or 17 in a year. And we're like halfway through conference play. Not even. You've played three series. <laughs> yeah. You've got West Virginia, Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. You've got five more. So, Michael, you have any uh, mm-hmm. parting thoughts there with with baseball before we move on? No, the the only parting thought I had was I really considered going to tomorrow's game. I was going to go at one p.m., but the weather's kind of it's, yeah. it's got me thinking twice. Here's the I thing, saw Michael. some good seats for $28 and I just thought, man, I don't know if I, if I want to take off work and get up there and go and then there'd be rain delays and all this other stuff. So who knows? You may see me there. I don't know. I have a small window of availability. I'd have to leave around three o'clock regardless. Cause I have to go pick up my son from school and take him to karate and all that kind of stuff. That's what happened to me on Sunday. You know, Keith with Dinger Derby, who y'all should go check out and uh, Red Raider dugout. If you aren't already, 
has a great recap of the TCU series, but he offered me a ticket for Sunday, but we just, I would have had to leave the game at two 30 or something. Those are to, great to, seats too. Yeah. To do what we needed to do. And I just thought, uh, I better not go. Cause I knew I would have to leave early and I, I would have missed, I probably would have missed all of almost all of the fireworks or I would have caught some of the fireworks of that nine run inning. Yeah. Well, if the weather changes and we see that it's going to rain much later in the day, I may go. We, we have season tickets in our office, Michael. So I don't know how much advance notice you need to get off, but let me know. We can go to a baseball game together tomorrow. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll figure see. this out. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about some football. Maybe. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Johnson touchdown Red Raider. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Turn, So spring game is this weekend, Michael, that kind of snuck up on us. Well, I think that seems somewhat intentional. Would you agree? <laughs> well, I think when your baseball team is, is really good and your basketball team is playing on into April, late May, late March, excuse me, late March into the tournament. And it kind of covers up your beginnings of spring practice. And how your team has done the past couple of years. Yeah. I think it's kind of the point like we're just going to, we're going to lay low here. We're going to get through spring practice and be quiet about it. Uh, and then get really loud the last week. Like fans come, don't forget about us. Come see us this weekend. So yeah, the spring game to my knowledge was never set in stone and was first announced April 8th. Yeah, Does was, that sound right to you? Yeah. It was like, Hey, we're, we, we've got 15 practices on the schedule and then we'll have a spring game here coming up. And then it was announced last week. It'll be Saturday, 17th at one. And they're going to open up the parking lots on that kind of stuff for con, not concessions for tailgating. They're going to have some games and stuff for families and, and kids starting at 11 or 1130. A couple hours before um, just to have fans out. Enjoy the day. I'm sure it's going to be beautiful this weekend. These spring weekends, if it's not super windy, it's been really nice past few weekends. Um, but yeah, like we're closing in the spring game. I'm, I was asking some of the guys on, on the Slack channel, like, so yeah, it's kind of cringy that the, the team and the social media team have been kind of begging people to go out there. It was like, am I going? And I was like, eh, eh, uh, I think I've got plans. <laughs> I have a, I have a legit excuse. I've, I've had it on my calendar for a and, few weeks now that I'm going to smoke a brisket this Saturday. Yeah, which, which we'll talk about a little bit more, I guess, when we talk about what we learned, um, yeah. which sounds kind of ridiculous that you've had this planned out for so long, but like brisket, there's a, there's a commitment there. And I, I don't even, I don't even know if the spring game is going to be televised. Like I, I haven't, 
there has not been enough interest to move my finger to look that up. So I may or may not go. I may, I may drag Samantha out there. We've got other things going on. We have, um, we kind of scheduled a lot last minute practice. This is one of our only Saturdays. We don't have a game. So we're like, we may, we may practice on Saturday and which would be like three or three 30, whatever. But, um, did see today that Texas tech listed at number 21 and ESPN's FPI. What is going on? With that, spit take. That was a spit take guys. <laughs> what? Yeah. If, if 21 and what, um, college football power index. So that's not like 21 and uh, I don't know points allowed in the fourth quarter or something that that's, that's actual, just, just a straight up ranking of how good this team's supposed to be. So their FBI is a football power index that measures a team's true strength on net points scale, expected point margin versus average opponent on neutral field. What does that mean? Don't know, but your projected wins and losses, according to them, 7.2 to 4.9. So seven and five. I don't know how seven and five is good for 21st in the country here. Um, <laughs> but interestingly really enough, heavy. though, it's just super on. top heavy, Spencer. Well, you say that Iowa State is up there at fourth. They're going to be tough. Uh, projected at 10 and three, which I guess they're considering a conference championship game in there. Oklahoma State at nine. Oklahoma's at two. I already passed over that. Texas at 12. TCU at 19. Texas Tech 21. So very Big 12 heavy. West Virginia at 24. Yeah, there's a lot of Big 12 teams there at the top. Baylor 47. What? Kansas State 44. Dare I keep searching for Kansas? I'm doing still scrolling. I'm, yeah, I'm still going. Still scrolling. I'm in the hundreds. There they Rooting are. Frame at Jones though. One Oh nine. Just a couple spots above, uh, the Charlotte 49ers and the middle Tennessee blue Raiders. I actually had a cousin that went to middle Tennessee for a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big fan of the blue Raiders. No. Are they on home field? <laughs> I'm sure they are. Uh, weirdly, West, the West Kentucky was, Hilltoppers are, and I, I considered yeah. getting some West Kentucky stuff. I don't know why. <laughs> just kind of appealing to me. And the other thing going on on Saturday, uh, kind of in competition, because I don't know what time the spring game will finish up, but the baseball game on Saturday will be at three. Now, it won't be on campus, so it's not like you're going to have to like leave the spring game to walk over to the baseball stadium. Um, but... How you think they could wrap up a spring game in two hours, right? Maybe like maybe like right at two hours. Yeah, like they would. Um, it would end at three. Yeah. Did see though, um, Sir Roger Thompson did have surgery recently on his shoulder. Yes, and yes. apparently it was like a really fluky hit in practice, and it wasn't even like full contact or something. But uh, he's going to be out for a little bit. Yeah, at least till at least till August they. Sp- guessed at I think last I saw. Yeah, well that's good. Let's just lose your starting running back for the I I'd say the rest of the spring, but like beyond spring practices, all the all the spring and summer conditioning that he may miss out on. Uh and then hopefully back in time for fall camp. 
give guys like Xavier White, Chadarius Townsend, Xavier Brooks, Xavier Brooks, Taj Brooks, Taj Brooks, Taj yes. Brooks, and Cameron Valdez a chance there. Um, Michael, have you been have you been seeing any of the the really short clips of highlights coming out from football practices? I've, I've seen them? a few. I, I think I've seen there was one where um, Sonny Cumbie was talking about hot sauce and sriracha. I, I got a kick out of that one, but I haven't seen all of them. I've just seen a, a handful. Reading way too much into it. There was a there was a highlight that came out today. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we're good at. Starting quarterback, or at least the quarterback getting the reps with the ones, Henry Columbia. Well, we kind of predicted that sort of. Well, that was before Shuck came into the picture. I still, it's still, I, I would it's still, just be surprised if it's not Shuck that goes out there first. Yeah, it's still early for Shuck. I mean, he missed a couple of spring practices, so he hasn't been here obviously as long as Columbia. I don't, I don't mind Columbia's game. I, I thought it was definitely a breath of fresh air coming off of Bowman. Um, and then you see, you know, the David Yost effect where he turns Bowman, Columbia, and Duffy into essentially the same quarterback where they all have different <laughs> strengths, but they have this exact same stats. Exact same stats. It's a miracle. Um, but we're not talking about David Yost offense. We're talking about Sonny Columbia. Sonny Columbia. <laughs> wow. Sonny Cumbie. Um, and what kind of quarterback, coach, offensive coordinator he is. So Henry Columbia may look a whole lot different. I'm also just really excited to see the rest of the quarterbacks. I think there, there are guys there you can be excited about no matter who it is, whether it's Chuck, Smith, McIver, Morton. Like they're, They all have upside. You're like, well, if it's this guy, there's something about him that you can get excited about and get behind. So... I'm sure we'll see all kinds of quarterbacks on Saturday. Yeah, we can do nothing but speculate and I look forward to it. Yeah. Heavily speculation season. Um, let's wrap this up, man. Let's get to what we learned. I, I can't wait to hear more about your, your class. So let's okay. Get, let's get there. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. So we're going to get to Michael's barbecue class here. Going yard. It's still there. It's still green. It's still growing. Um, little league update. We played a game on Saturday. Uh, and it was, turns out a game. They are currently fourth in the standings better than I was expecting. We jumped on them early though. We got a, we got a lead the bottom of the first, no top of the first. We were, we were not going to have a third walk off in a row because we were the visiting team on Saturday. However, that lead did not last long. Um, well, let me see. We scored, yeah, two in the first. They scored two in the second. So they tied it up. Then we scored two more in the third. So we're up 4-2. They scored one in the third, 4-3. We stopped scoring, apparently, because that's what we did. Oh, no. And then we just had one of those meltdowns where, one, their early offensive struggles I think was their pitcher related. Like the guy wasn't getting their best hitters, the best pitches to hit that kind of worked itself out. And then our late game fade happened and we gave up five runs in the fourth. <sighs> we lost the game eight, four, but we hung with it. Like we were, we had the lead uh, until that last inning. Um, not a bad game. And when, when I say that they're, they end up being like their top four, 
we've played in our five games, three of the top four teams in the, in our league so far. Not that I want to look ahead and start counting wins, but like there's a big drop off between team four and team five. And I think we're team seven. So like we're in that middle tier, right? I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think as a product of our, our schedule, like we're two and three right now. We have one more really tough team on our schedule, but then we have everybody else that's behind us. And I'm sorry for wanting to beat up on teams behind us, but I want to even out our schedule. I want to start getting back to winning games. Why wouldn't you want that? You've been on the, uh, the opposite side of that a few times and you would rather come away with a win. Yeah. Like I said, we played three of the top four teams. I want to play the other nine teams in this con in this division. So we got one this uh, Thursday night. A friend of mine that actually coaches the the number one team said, as long as you guys can make the force outs at first, which sounds really simple, right? And that's oversimplifying it. He's like, they don't hit it. They don't hit it too strongly. Like they're not going to drive the ball to the outfield. We've got three batters now that can crush home runs, not like over the fence home runs, but deep enough into the outfield that like they're just going to score anyways. Yeah. Um, which is a welcome change to the beginning of the season when we couldn't get batters swinging the bats and getting on, on base. We've got three of them now that can crush it. And I love it. I may have, um, <laughs> sorry, going back our, our two runs in the first inning. What it was off of a home run. I, I did one of those like big alligator arm claps. I was the third base coach. I was like, yeah, I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> Cause I was in front of all their fans. I was like, let's reel it in. <laughs> we ended up losing the game, but oh, also just excited coach, excited coach. No, that's I was all. super excited. Cause it's, it's always fun for the, the kids to hit on home run. Cause they love it. And it's that, funny. Like, you know, as, as athletic as they are, like looking at them, like you think of kids that can just run around all day by the time they hit home base, you're like, <sighs> it's like, dang dude, wasn't that long. <laughs> I think, a, I think a huge chunk of it's probably adrenaline and just kind of excitement. Yeah. And it just kind of throws them off. Also, I almost got ejected. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, we, we just, we have like, it, it turns out we, we're the league is, is light on umpires. So we've had the same umpire all five games. Um, and I found out, I just found out on Saturday that she is the head umpire's wife. So it's almost like he talked her into like, Hey, we need some help. Can you do this? Um, and it's her first year ever being an umpire. Oh man. And she told us that in the first game I was like, don't tell me that, or don't tell any of the coaches that because you're just going to like, they're going to, they're going to be all over you. And it obviously it wouldn't take time, a lot of time to figure that out. Like she's new to this, but there was, there was a play in our game where we had a runner coming from second to third and still as part of this game with the kids, this young, they all try to chase down the ball and it's, we're trying to get past that, but there was a congregation of defensive players in the base path between second and third. Our runner had to run around them and he eventually got tagged out at third. So I called time as the third base coach I was like, Hey, look, can I get time? I want to talk to you about that that's obstruction. Like he had to run around defenders without the ball. They can't be in the way if they're not trying to field the ball. The third baseman has the ball. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no trying to field the ball. 
Um, and he was tagged out by the third baseman. There was like the shortstop and the pitcher all ran towards third base and stood in his way. Not intentional. Like that's, that's not where these, oh, like, sure. these kids. Yeah. That's, and that's not what you're even saying. No. And so I was like, Hey, blue, hold on a second. That, that, that's obstruction. Like he should be safe at the very least. Um, and I like talked her into it cause she wasn't like up on the rules. Um, and that of course set the other team off. They like, you let him change your call. What is going on? Blah, blah, blah. Like if that's what you saw it. But then what they did is they, they, they saw an opportunity and they did it to her again. Um, but what they ended up saying was the runner kicked the ball at second base. So it should have been interference, dead ball. The runner should, should be at second. And then she said, yeah, I called time. The runner should be at second. And I was like, if you called time, nobody heard it. Second. And I was trying to be nice. It's like to help you out. Don't make any subsequent calls. If you call time, don't officiate plays that happened after you stopped the ball because everything that happened at third base could have been avoided. Had you been like, Nope, time go back to second. Like I was yelling at you because there was a play <laughs> here at third, which shouldn't have happened because you, if stopped you the, had called time, if you had like, and I don't think she actually did call time, but in, in the, in the mess of her trying to explain this to everybody, one of the other coaches, it was a little windy on Saturday and she's kind of a soft-spoken umpire. She was coming out of the dugout kind of aggressively. The umpire was a little on edge, initially ejected this coach and said, wow, which is, which is fair because to come out onto the field, you need to have been granted time and you like, you need like the umpire has to like allow you to come talk to them. Right. Sure. Especially if they're coming out of the dugout fast and aggressive, um, like immediate ejections are your, your, your ruling here. Like, nope, nope, you're done. She ejected her. But because she's new, they, the other coaching staff talked her into letting them her stay and not be ejected, which I was okay with because their defense there was like, Hey, it's windy. We can't hear you. So I, we were coming out to hear your explanation. Ultimately, like I was fine with, it. I was like, I don't care. I, sure. I, I, and it is, it's super hard to hear in the wind. I think a lot of what's going on right now is my fault. So I just stood there, which like I was, I was in between everything that was happening. I was like, I'm not going to look, I'm not making <laughs> eye contact. I'm going to talk to my player here. that's at third base. <laughs> um, but then after, after our, our turn up to bat ended, I went up and talked to her and said, Hey, excuse me. I'm sorry for, for yelling at you. We're just, we're getting excited and all that kind of stuff. We just want to make sure that everything's happening the way it should be. She took that time to issue warnings. I was like, okay, understood. I'll go back to the dugout. Shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to make, trying to make nice here. Cause we've got like nine more games with you or whatever it's going to yeah, be. Of course. Of course. Um, but yeah, I was like one false move, man. Well, here's the thing. She probably could have ejected me the way I was talking to her about the obstruction call at third. I was, I was loud. <laughs> like, well, it was windy. Well, here's the thing. So <laughs> you like, wanted to make sure I was at third base, right? And that would have been the third out. So like the defense had come off the field, like the, the team that we were playing were in the dugout behind me. Our team was at bat. So like, there's nobody on the field except for me 
my, my base runner at third and the umpire and I'm heated. And I, I asked my wife afterwards, like, could you hear what I was talking about? I was like, she said, everybody could hear what you were talking about. I was like, Oh gosh. <laughs> so I'm not usually very animated except for sports. And apparently, yeah, like I said, I got, I got really close to being ejected on Saturday. Well, yeah, it, there's, there's two, probably two instances where I've become animated. One of them sports. Well, there's, I guess there's three, one of them sports. One of them is when I think or know I'm right. And the third is when I think or know I'm right about something that happened in sports. I, Those I, are like the three. <laughs> I, I had something very similar happen and then I promise I'll be done and let's talk about brisket. Cause that's what I really want to hear about. Today, my boss asked me for an update on a project. Um, I'm, I'm helping write an, a construction update that'll go to the Hobbs EDC member publication, whatever it is, um, on the construction of the hospital in Hobbs. She emailed our foundation executive director and my boss, the executive director of communications, said, hey, I've emailed Spencer several times and have not heard a thing. Can you guys let me know where we're at? I was like, hold up. And I went back and I forwarded her. Did you get some receipts? I did. And I forwarded <laughs> Hell yes, to, you did. to my boss. I was like, look, the last time we talked was when we connected on this project two weeks ago. And the last thing she said to me, she said, let me know if you have any questions. I didn't have any questions, so I didn't email her. <laughs> but for damn sure did not ignore or not respond to several emails of hers. No. So my boss was like, always keep the receipts. Well, she was like, Spencer, what's going on? Like, why, why aren't you responding? I was like, hashtag false. Um, <laughs> I have not been ghosting this lady. I actually have not heard anything from this lady. So I wrote an email to her and then my boss and the, the, the foundation director was like, Hey, just want to give you an update. I'm working on this. I got this. I'll have it to you before your stated deadline. Shut up. <laughs> but I told my boss, I was like, no, 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 absolutely. Like, don't come at me claiming that I, I was I, not responding, especially when I can prove it otherwise. So. And those, those instances are when I really, I have to like take a breath for when I know I'm right and I know I'm justified and I know I have proof at work and stuff. And sometimes I, it gets the better of me, but sometimes I, I get the better of it and I just kind of calm down and either don't reply to the email right away <laughs> or don't reply at all or give them a call or something like that. Just kind of like a, Hey, we did that thing. Remember we talked about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And usually it's that kind of thing. So I will completely misread someone, you know, saying something like that. Like, well, you've got to get this permit to us now. Wait, what? <laughs> what have we talked about this? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? You're right. I, we actually don't need it anyway. So, all right. You want to talk about some brisket? I would love to hear about brisket. I don't even know what to tell you. We've all gone right, so, so you, long. You, you went to a class on Saturday. Yes. I went to a class on Saturday, big plate restaurant supply. Also not a sponsor of the podcast, but you know, Hey, why not throw it out there? They do these cooking classes quite a bit through town and they had one through every maze that actually was first booked last year and then COVID happened mm, yeah. and they had such a demand of people. I think they had 30 or 40 people sign up and only 10 wanted refunds. The rest of them just said, no, keep my spot. 
this, when this blows over at some point, I still want to go. Yeah. And so that's, we've, we reached that point to where everybody felt safe enough to go ahead and have it. And I signed up for it. Um, you know, uh, this year I didn't sign up for it last year. So how did you hear about it first? My wife, uh, she's Facebook fan of big plate restaurant supply. She likes to go there. Uh, she got a gift card there from my mom for Christmas and still hasn't spent it yet, but she's super excited. Anyway, (laughs) she just really loves that restaurant. So that's how I heard about it. And she forwarded it to me and she's like, you should really go. You should, you should do it. And so, uh, I signed up for it. And then not long after I signed up for it, my wife's, sent me an invite on our shared Google calendar that I'm going to smoke a brisket on (laughs) April 17th. So I kid you not, it's been on my calendar for probably at least three weeks and then tech scheduled the spring game. And I'm like, Nope, Nope. I've got to smoke that brisket. Got to tend to my fire. Got to tend my fire. So what, what can you share from this heavily guarded secret of Evie Mays barbecue? I think Probably the main thing I can share is because I can't fully describe it. Well, because yeah, one, it was, it was a long class, but two, you and a lot of people yeah. paid good money for it. So I'm like, I'm not asking you to, to then turn around and just like give it away for free, but. Oh, sure. Sure. And yeah, I mean, I, I have no issue telling you that offline, but maybe, maybe through a podcast, I might, I might be careful with what I, with what I say too much, but it's, it wasn't crazy. Uh, you know, basically the thing I got the most out of it as far as when it came to brisket, cause they talked about fire management on a, on your, you know, your stick burners, which I don't have, I've got a, a pellet smoker. So, um, you know, I've just, yeah, we're I just like plug that. and play. Yeah, yeah. I just turn it on <laughs> someday. If I have a bigger yard oh, and all that love, kind of yeah, stuff, I would love, one. yeah, I would, I would love to, cause that's just another aspect that you can play with and fine tune and just really mess with. But, you know, when I got this thing, I had a newborn and I was like, nope, I need something I can plug in, turn on and put on a large piece of meat and leave it alone. So anyway, they, they covered that a lot, which was great. Uh, some good tips about making sausage, like grinding your own and, and making your own sausage. Uh, tips on cooking sausage. I'm going to share one of those because I was just really interested in it. Um, one of them, they said, if you if you get a, a sausage that's raw, which one you can get, you can order their sausages. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you can, they suggest, you know, you call early on in the week and say how much you want because at the end of the week on Saturday, they cook all that's left. So they, I think they make a big batch over the weekends and their two kinds are just, they have a, a regular German sausage and then they have green chili cheddar, which I know would be your favorite Spencer. I wish it was jalapeno cheddar, but I could probably make do. But the, the German sausage is great too. But one thing I learned, um, cause I've got all these notes. I know you can't see them super Small well. Small handwriting on several pages. He just showed me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's lots of pages, but one of the ways they said to cook sausage, I learned two ways. I talked to one of the cooks in the kitchen. She was great. She gave me another tip, but this one was you cold smoke the sausage pretty low like at 200 degrees mm-hmm. and until the internal temp is, is 150. So it's almost done. So you, you know, at 200 degrees to cold smoke a sausage, I'm guessing you're talking an hour, hour and a half. It's going to take a little while to get to that point. Then you immediately take it off the smoker, put it in ice water. So you stop it from cooking. Okay. Yep. Completely stop it from cooking, get it down to roughly 40 degrees, heat up the grill and then just kind of 
char it and get that. Oh, um, nice. Get that casing ready to pop. Yeah. See? Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> see? I know. I mean, just that sausage method alone was was really something I enjoyed. But back to the brisket, probably the main thing I'll share, most stuff that most stuff that people already know, um, what they do there, they do certified Angus beef, they do prime, USDA prime, and um, they season with salt and pepper and they use, and they use white oak. They use post oak when they can get it, but out in West Texas, you can't be that picky. So it's really just kind of what you see most people do. I think one of the things that they are really good at and the way their briskets turn out so well is how they trim them. Mm. And that was one of the main things I wanted to glean from this because every time I do a brisket, I'm worried that I'm trimming too much or not enough or whatever. But I got to watch them right in front of me, trim two briskets at two different times. And I think I might finally get it. (laughs) Uh, I I think I've got to just kind of get over the fact that you're going to lose almost a third of your weight if you trim this thing properly, like they do it. Including some of the actual meat and not just fat weight. Correct. Yes. You will take off meat. Yeah. Which is where you would save that for trimmings or sausage or definitely the, the, the fat there, which you could try to render down into some tallow, which my, I I really want to try that tallow trick that I, I learned from one of the YouTube channels I follow about, uh, I did see where you could baste it in the tallow during the cook or just use it on the wrap on the paper when you wrap it up. Well, uh, one thing I'll mention too, just with fire management, they mentioned that they save their brisket wrap paper mm-hmm. and they use that for a fire starter. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's I good mean, stuff. It just would be perfect. It's oil paper. Yeah. But I mean, that's probably the thing I'll stress the most is cause I can't even explain how to trim it. So it's not like I'm giving away this great secret, but if you're going to get really serious about it, which I'm trying to, because I've just, I've made some decent briskets, but I've either overcooked them or just undercooked them or, you know, just some other little tricks here and there. But I think that the one thing that's been the constant over this whole process is I've never knew what the hell I was doing trimming it. And now I think I finally might grasp that. So maybe I'll take it to the next step. We'll see. The yeah. the, the, the main point is to try to make it as aerodynamic as possible. Really? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I would say I'm probably in that same boat in, in trimming at least that one, you spend so much money on a brisket and then you feel bad like throwing away five, seven pounds of the meat. Like, that's like 20 bucks. <laughs> this can't be right. <laughs> Surely I'm doing this wrong. But yeah, then I, you know, I, I've seen people that will like split the flat and the point and, and cook those separately or just you're definitely cut out like a big chunk of the, of the deckle or whatever. And all that kind of stuff is like, when I get in there with a knife, I was like, I, I don't know the anatomy well enough to be like, to see the, the final shape I want. And then like Michelangelo, <laughs> the brisket yeah. out of that, the packer that I, I opened up from the store. Uh, one, one other thing I'll share too is that's, I mean, that's basically it. They pull it out of the package, they trim it, they season it with salt and pepper, they put it on the smoker. I mean, it's just, that's it. There's no like, well, you got to rub it with mustard and you got to this and that. It's like, nope, they just... That's it. If you've had their brisket, you know, it's really damn good Mm -hmm. and they keep it as simple as they can because they're doing 120 a a day or whatever it is. They keep it simple out of necessity, but they also keep it simple because it works. Yeah. And, and one thing I noticed too, I think the last one or two times I did a brisket, I definitely over seasoned. I got way too worried 
about not getting that crust. You know, I really wanted that crust. So it helped me to see how much they seasoned. So that was less than I thought. I mean, not like it definitely looked properly seasoned, but I think I just way overdid it. And the other thing to consider is when you're mixing your salt and pepper mixture is to measure it out by weight. I was measuring out by volume. So that might've affected things a little bit Mm, Yeah, as well. Um, And all right, last tip. Fiesta brand seasonings. Do you, you use Fiesta brand seasonings, right? On certain things. Yeah. I, I do know they have a, a brisket rub. Well, they have, a, they have a coarse black pepper and that's what they use. They use that and kosher salt. I think nice. it's even called something like Pitmaster pepper or something like that. So I, I do like to buy coarse ground black pepper anyways. And that's the pepper I use in my salt, pepper, garlic which I put on my, the majority of my barbecues, that's four parts, which again, what I was doing is measuring by by volume, four parts salt, two parts pepper, one part garlic. Which, which may work fine there. And it's still, it still may come up with the same thing, but I thought, well, at least this time we've got a little scale that my wife's had Mm -hmm. for a long time. I'm going to try it by weight because she's a baker. So she's got to have this, this, the weight just right on certain things. And the other thing on the pepper is I was, taking full peppercorns and then grinding it in this little, uh, I don't know. It's this little spice grinder thing we have and it's not even, and I know I'm not doing it right. So what I actually, Allison went ahead and picked up a bottle of that Fiesta pepper seasoning and it is so much more evenly ground and it's still really rough. You know, it's, it's, I'm excited. I just think I've got better tools this time the knowledge. And so, yeah. yeah. So Friday night, Friday night is brisket trimming night. <laughs> I'm going to devote like a full hour to do it, even though these guys were doing it in minutes and they were going slow to show us. And it was still just like, it was, it was watching masters at work. It was incredible to see it. So I'm, I'm going to be, and then I don't know, you know, I don't know if I'll season it then or if I'll season it right before I put it on. They didn't really say it mattered too much either way. They just said it would change things a little bit just because naturally that salt's going to brine the meat just a little. Yeah. And a lot of people do that, that dry brine, like overnight stuff for, for steaks and other kind of yeah. uh, cuts where you, you just do the salt the night before or 24 hours before. And when you pull out of the, out of the fridge, like there's no salt left on the surface. It's all kind of absorbed, but like the meat changes colors and there's definitely more intense. Yeah. And you so, see the juice kind of coming out a little bit. Yeah. So if, if you, if you do uh, just salt pepper seasonings, yeah, you could do your, your salt first. And then your, your pepper when it comes out. So I'm excited to hear how that, how that turns out this weekend. Um, I'm thinking of putting it on at 2 a.m. Saturday morning. I think that's the plan. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely plenty of time. Definitely been feeling the itch to get out there and do something too, whether it's beef ribs or brisket, but yeah, Saturday spring game. Uh, that'll do it for us. It's 23 personnel podcast. I'm Spencer. It's Michael. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. 
The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.